to all of you. I'm Joan Hogan, as Bob just said, and I'm welcoming you to the Prairie Dac Radio Program. Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, is here with us. He is ready to answer any questions you might have concerning any medical issues on your mind. His specialty is internal medicine. He has worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joan. And I'm so pleased you brought your wife, Joni, or did she bring you? She Both of me. you are here. She, she brought you. She Joni. warmed the car up and she uh-huh. was out there waiting for me as I'm cumbering around and trying to get into the car. <laughs> you made it. You made it. And Joni, thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome. We're happy to have you here. We truly are. Um, our program begins and we talk about various issues, but quite often we like to talk about what you are going to be doing tomorrow night on your television show. And I think it's just a great concept for a doctor to discuss this, or for a group of doctors to discuss teaching kindness in medicine, and that will be tomorrow night. Right. Uh, can you, can you, here's my question to you, Joan. Yes, Dr. Holm. Do you think that a person can teach that the School of Medicine can teach a person to have a good bedside manner? Well, I'd like to think they could. I, I, I'd like to think that they could emphasize the importance of being kind to your patients as well as being knowledgeable. Because if you're knowledgeable and you just blurt it out, it turns you off. But if, if you're kind as well and have a bedside manner, I think, I think that can be taught. What yes. do you think? Joni. Uh, I think modeling. Uh, teach by modeling kindness. Yeah. Uh, what do you well, think, Rick? I think Joni's right. You know, like a good husband and and uh, <laughs> a smart guy. <laughs> she's got to be right. She's right. But I, I think the example uh, by you teach by example. Uh, she's a pediatric nurse practitioner, so she teaches. Uh, you know, uh, by example. She, she shows children how to, to uh, react with each other, and she teaches in a kindly way, and there's the modeling that goes on there. But also, I think parents teach by modeling. Uh, you know, you're screaming at, each, you're, you're screaming at your spouse. Uh, that's not a good uh, example of how to, you know, interact with other human beings. So I, I think uh, there is a lot of what is called mentoring in med school that you shadow people a lot. You know, you watch the doctor, then it's your turn to, to do it. And, uh, you, you know, you shadow that doctor around all month long and she or he teaches you by example of the kindness that you should express so that's is that what you meant yes and i'd say that your guests this week will definitely show will model kindness and they do in their professions you want to talk about them a little well mary nettleman is the dean of the school of medicine she's just superb she is a caring loving you know uh academic prowess uh but at the same time gentle person you know and she's an internist yes an internist and an infectious disease so you know she she is um she's of that that certain you know uh, ilk that we like 
<laughs> you know. And the other uh, doctor on the show is Jerry Freeman, who is a neurologist. You know, Jerry Freeman's story is he's also an internist. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, a the, uh, and a poet. Mm-hmm. And yes. a poet. And a I published n- poet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so you have two very kind people yes, that are in do. medicine to be with you that day. Yes. When and you were talking about modeling, and Joni mentioned that, I started thinking there are people that just have a caustic nature. And they may go into what? medicine. Caustic or not pleasant. Caustic nature. Well, they're just harsh. They're than they're harsh. And they do go into medicine. And I'm thinking, how do you reach out to them? And all I can think of is that movie I just saw, Mr. Rogers. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen it yet. He was interviewed by a very harsh uh, interviewer. interviewer. And the harsh interviewer was turned off, was miserable, not happy. And Mr. Rogers just kept being pleasant and handled him. And by the end of the movie, of course, he has won him over. But I think if you had somebody come into med school that didn't have a kind nature, you know, they just, I'm, I'm a scientist, I'm learning, blah, 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 you know, and just didn't want to be pleasant to anyone. If they were surrounded by people, like you just mentioned, Dr. Freeman and Dr. Nettleman, I think it would make a difference in their life. So you probably can teach kindness. You know, um, there's a TV show called The Good Doctor, which uh, has a uh, autism uh, person. person person with, with autism. <laughs> I, I'm going to say the, is on the spectrum somewhere. Has uh, uh, blurted out honesty, not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, on the you know uh, bedside natural bedside kindness manner you know he just doesn't and uh, you know his teachers and his uh, are loving his intellect but they just it they're shocked by his his frankness and his lack of of uh, kindness at the bedside and that's a perfect example he's trying to learn to be kind. He's trying to learn to date a girl. He's trying to, you know. <laughs> he's you know it's a lot obviously he's to learn. fiction, but it's really quite interesting. And I think that we are seeing over a period of time the, the lessons he's learning. And I think it's a good lesson for all of us to, to treat people kindly. And yes, he has differences, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's a little mushy, but we like it. Yeah. Well, Mr. Rogers is a little mushy too, but yeah. I liked it. You yes. know, there's, I love there's that It's okay movie. to have kindness exhibited right. in movies or in TV shows. Say, so we're going to kindly take our next break. We need to take a first break, and we appreciate you listening to Prairie Doc Radio and KBRK. Some of you might be listening away from the Brookings area. You could be listening uh, live stream on the KBRK live stream. If you want to give us a call, and you're in the area, our number is 692-1430. But if you're listening outside the area, be sure to clo- include our area code, 605-692-1430. And we would love to have any calls from you. Dr. Holm last week asked for calls, and then people came. When I asked, nobody called. Well, I will ask again. You ask. They don't okay. listen to me, right? All right. Well, I think it's important to have... Uh, good questions uh, to to, uh, to respond 
uh, with which to respond. And so I'm asking you, give us a call, whatever is on your mind, uh, maybe even a comment, just a comment about health care uh, that's going on right now. So okay, uh, we're asking for a call. We are asking for that, Please. and we will take this break. Vaping is a term for using an electronic or e-cigarette. There have recently been illness and death associated with vaping that is currently under study by the Center for Disease Control. Patients in this CDC investigation of vaping-related illnesses have reported symptoms such as cough, shortness of breath or chest pain, nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea, fatigue, fever, or abdominal pain. Some patients have reported that their symptoms developed over a few days, while others have reported that their symptoms developed over several weeks. A lung infection does not appear to be causing the symptoms. Anyone who uses an e-cigarette or vaping product should not buy these products off the street and should not modify or add any substances to these products that are not intended by the manufacturer. See a healthcare provider right away if you have symptoms like those reported in this outbreak. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. So happy to have you listening. Joan Hogan here with both Dr. Holm and his wife, Joni Holm. And Joni Holm came, we're so glad she did, but she also has a topic she thought very important to discuss today, and that's influenza. Okay, folks, I know that we have people listening in Brookings and we have people listening elsewhere. I can only speak to what I'm seeing here, but I suspect it's similar throughout the country. We have influenza. And there are some tips that we need to pass along to, to help you. Um, number one, if get you haven't shot. received your flu <laughs> shot, go get it. Everyone six months and older should be getting that. And, you know, with babies, uh, when they hit that six month, they can get the first one. They need to get two the first year. So say they hit that uh six months when they're in February. Well, go ahead, let's get that the two of them this year and then next year you're only gonna need one. So please get it now. It does prevent flu in some cases, influenza, and it does lessen the likelihood of severe side effects. It decreases the number of hospitalizations. If you happen to get the flu, it decreases the, the severity of symptoms. So please, please, please go get your flu shot. Yes. And secondly, what we're seeing in the community, we're seeing a few things. We're seeing some actual influenza that's, that's testing positive. I'm seeing more A than I'm seeing B. Nationwide, they tell me that B is higher. Um, I don't think it makes a difference. I think they're about the same. Really? It used to be that one was more I looked and looked this morning on the CDC site to see if they gave me differences in the symptoms of the two, and they don't. I think it just all blends together. But here's what I'm seeing. People who feel terrible, ache all over, 102 fever, listless, fatigued. All they want to do is sleep. Their eyes have a glassy appearance to them. Uh, sore throat, headache, all of those symptoms. So if you can prevent those folks, do it. If you have those symptoms, there isn't a lot that we can do for you unless you are over 65 or under a year, or if you have... Need to be hospitalized, I mean, they're that ill. If you're very ill and, and 
that's when we'll use some of the antivirals. Or if you are immunocompromised, the the, uh, Tamiflu-type medications may help you. Again, I studied the CDC, the Center for Disease Control site this morning, and the data is a lot worse than I thought. It showed all of the different antiviral illnesses and basically 0% decrease in symptoms um, up to a high of about a 0.3 percent but now i'm not getting what your percentage it's, means it's not helping you can take give the medicine and it's not well, you mean the antiviral well, is the antiviral helping. did i say that incorrectly? well I, I was thinking along with flu vaccine no 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 i'm sorry i probably worded that wrong the tamiflu the antiviral medications once you have the flu are not improving things much at no, all so prevention is our key and once you've got it, Stay the treatment, home. of course, is nothing. Just rest. Rest. Chicken well, noodle soup. There's something. Chicken Tylenol, noodle soup. Fluid, wash your hands. Don't spread it. Stay what if a member of the family has it? How do you avoid getting it from them? Wash your hands. <laughs> Just keep washing Stay your hands. Stay away from their coughs. Have you know? Teach children to cover their coughs. If they rub their faces, their eyes get that sanitizer out and and squirt their hands. Um, you know, it it is it's tough, but mainly stay home. The sanitizer works on influenza, doesn't it? Does. It does. It does. does so it? a hand sanitizer is well worth it. You'd yes. be even wise to if you don't have it in your home. Just buy one now and have it on hand in yes. case someone in the family gets it. You, you're you not right. searching for it's a hand really sanitizer. It's really easy, you, you know, and you don't have to. Uh, and it works. Uh, it doesn't work for the GI uh, right. uh, viral Bugs. infections. But right now we're worried but about influenza. But it does influenza. work for mm-hmm. upper respiratory Joni, you were very concerned about this. Are the numbers, is there any way of knowing, are the numbers high all over the country? Is it building? What's happening? Right. We the The... Reported cases don't look very high throughout the country, but that's the problem, the reported cases. I think I have seen more myself than they're reporting in South Dakota. Oh, my goodness. And so it's just not getting reported yet. You know, those numbers are probably behind. I mean, it's out there, folks. And the other thing is there are illnesses that look a ton like like influenza. They have the body aches. And I'm seeing teenagers a lot body aches, headaches, fevers, and it doesn't test positive, that doesn't matter. You're still sick. You still need to be home, whether it is You can still spread an illness. You can still spread it. And parents ask me all the time, how long should the children stay out? And that's a very difficult question to answer because there isn't one answer. The main thing is you need to be fever-free for 24 hours, and that's without your fever reducers. Your, when your body is fever-free. The Tylenol will drop your fever. Right. So we need to uh, to look at when you are fever-free for 24 hours before you want to get kids back to school. So I am often telling families a minimum of three, four days to be out of school because it's just hanging on and these kids feel bad. So let's try not to spread it to all the rest of the uh, family members. families in school by school. heading getting them out too soon. Yeah. Well, this is very sound advice and important advice right now because many of us were not aware that it's it's really in it's Brookings. Here. It's here. It truly is. If it's you come here. into the clinic, put on a mask for, to it, protect it, yourself. It's mean. It's here. Uh, it spreads. Uh, the influenza vaccine will give you a percentage 
of protection. A I high I, percentage, about 90%. Is it 90%? Yeah. 80 to 90% protection. So, yes, there are cases that slip by, mm-hmm. but don't, you know, let this yourself be na- one of those. This year they nailed it better than they did last year, I think, then. Maybe. I think it's a little early to tell. I have had at least one case where the child had an influenza vaccine. But what you don't know is were they exposed prior to their vaccine? Did they already have some of the uh, the exposure well, and the, the virus that hadn't exhibited itself yet? Right. And, Joni, you mentioned that you've seen more A than B, but nationwide they're seeing more, more B, B than A. Mm-hmm. Does anyone really care whether it's A or B? When you're sick, I you're sick. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think it matters. You you're just want to be in bed, right. and you should be. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to take our next break. We hope all of you are paying attention, and if you haven't had that flu shot, get out today and get it. And if you're sick, stay home. Kids are back to school, and the spread of germs are in full swing. Parents, please teach your child to wash their hands often and use hand sanitizer when they can't get to the sink. Show them how to cough into their sleeve. If your child has a fever, keep them home from school, offer fluids, and encourage rest. You can reach your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joni Holm was just filling us in on the fact that influenza is in Brookings now. And please be aware, get that flu shot, or if you're sick, stay home. Oh, and just one quick thing to mention that flu shots are available from 8 in the morning until 7 at night. So we do have someone at the clinic. At, at the, the Brookings clinic. Medical Center. So and even and the after-hour clinic. All the pharmacies. Yes, the pharmacies. So, so you can get the shots, absolutely. And if you're at work, believe me, they're open till 7 o'clock tonight. So mm-hmm. And I think it's, if you don't have insurance, I think it's $35. So it's not out of you know, reason for people. And I, maybe if you're over 65, it's free. I, I think, think it is. I think it's free. Mm-hmm. I don't think I paid for mine. I don't think I paid for mine, but then okay. I don't have any idea of what I paid for. <laughs> After I've, a while. I've been hey, sick. Dr. <laughs> Holm at the outset of the show asked for questions, and thank you so much. We had a gentleman call in. He's 77 years old, and he's concerned about the use of blood thinners. Do you think that blood thinners make you dizzy? If so, will drinking more water correct it? Well, Dr. Holm, what do you think? Well, I think that the, uh, the truth is that if you're taking blood thinners and you bleed, then you can get dizzy from bleeding. But as a rule, people who are on blood thinners don't know they're on blood thinners except they have a lot of bruising on their forearms. <coughs> and, and I don't see a lot of other uh, complaints as long as they're not uh, bleeding. How about if you're in this cold weather? Do you feel the cold more if you're on blood thinners? Do you think it really affects you? I think that's a, a, a wives' tale. Is that do. Fair, is that a sexist comment, wives' tale? Have I got to stop saying? I don't know, uh, Joni. An we old can live wives' tale, old, or even young <laughs> wives' tale. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that there's any evidence that people feel colder because their uh, blood is thinner. Uh, from a blood thinner. But it's good to know too, if you get caught and you're bleeding a bit and you know you're on blood thinners, think about this. It could make you just a little dizzy or anemic. So you should relax, sit down and let your body come together. And and you don't want to be bleeding. Uh, No. This is one reason why I, I really like Warfarin over the other newer and way more expensive 
uh, drugs that are basically the same. Uh, warfarin is definitely the one drug we can monitor. And if you look at warfarin or you look at all of the others, they're the most dangerous drugs we prescribe. The no blood question. thinners? Yeah. Are? Oh. Uh, they're very, very important. Believe me, we need to have people on blood thinners because it prevents strokes. Okay, I just Googled it for the fun of it, and it says that it is common thought that with Coumadin and other generic forms like warfarin that you're actually thinning the blood. This isn't true. Rather, these drugs are anticoagulants, meaning that they cause the blood to be less sticky. So indeed, you're not thinning, and so that, that wives' tale of being colder is probably can be debunked. Now, my thought, though, is if you're on a blood thinner, there's a chance you're on other medications. And do you have the dizziness because of the other medications, some that may dehydrate you and you need to drink fluids, or some that may have side effects of, of dizziness regardless of your hydration right. status? There's no question about it uh, that all the other medications that may go along with uh, the anticoagulants uh, and so what would those be? Well, anticoagulants are definitely needed for heart failure uh, that uh, is really severe, or it's uh, needed for uh, uh, atrial fibrillation or atrial fibrillation, which is this irregularly irregular rhythm, uh, and those are important uh, issues. Uh, but uh, if you've got atrial fibrillation or you've got severe heart failure, you are definitely on other drugs, drugs that would dehydrate you, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying to hydrate or over, over hydrate. I mean, that's what they're aiming to uh, do is to dry you out a bit so that you don't have overwhelming fluid on, on, on your, your heart. On your heart, right? Yeah. Hmm. So, so uh, you talk to your doctor. That's the main thing. It's always a good thing. We like that. Yes, talk yeah. to your doctor. Speaking about talking to your doctors, people in rural South Dakota have a hard time talking to their doctor because they're not they're nearby. They're not there. And I'm so happy the Brookings Register ran an article, front page last night, about the rural doctor shortage is worsened by lack of training opportunities and how the South Dakota School of Medicine has addressed this issue. Do you want to discuss that at all, Dr. Well, it's just, it was a wonderful article, that, and it shows all of the counties and areas in the state that have coverage, uh, and it's not very, not very many of them um, that have coverage. Brookings is one. Right. We've they say a, along the 29 corridor, you've yeah. got pretty good coverage, and pockets like in Rapid City, there's decent doctor right. numbers in around uh, the state capital there's decent numbers down in Yankton other than that there's really medical shortages so what is the uh, College of Medicine doing to assuage this well they have a rural uh, plan now we we did that in Brookings some in the past we don't have it 20 now. years ago and uh, had a short little uh, episode of residents that we taught when when they were with us and one of them stayed dr johnston and she's just wonderful she's she's smart 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 and fun and ethical and yeah. she loves doing this radio show and she loves doing the radio <laughs> show. she really does because she loves rick 
Oh, that's it. Yeah, well, yeah. It's All of that is positive. <laughs> right. But now the program with the university is uh, what I thought was impressive because we don't often see Avera and Sanford working together. No. But in the new program, they are working together, which I think is really a plus. And uh, it looks as though you know, it's a, it's a specialty that you go into rural medicine, yeah. and it looks like it's going to have some benefits. Right, With please. this program, they uh, have residents that sign up for the rural track, and then they, throughout their med school experience, they are assigned a rural area, and they get to know that rural area. They spend a considerable amount of time there with those mentor doctors uh, so it gives them a broader base instead of just that periodic month here or month there they have extended periods of time uh, in the rural area so it is definitely an advantage I would I would say also that they're not shortening themselves in training uh, by doing that because uh, what happens is uh, you're you get a balance you get a sense of a little bit of everything in rural medicine, whereas in you know in a in a, a, a urban clinic you have a tendency to be more specialized and you don't get the full broad scope of training at, in rural. Now I'm I'm happy that they're doing it in peer. They they have a wonderful cadre of doctors there now, and one of them is a Sanford doctor. Uh, Tom Huber, and then you've got a variety of of uh, of, uh, of Vera doctors that are working at the same time with Huber, and uh, you know it's just it's fun to see it happening. Absolutely, I think one thing that uh, is it they experience with this rural program is thinking differently because they don't have the specialist next in the hall next door or the room right. next door and so they're thinking about how do we handle this here or how do, when is it time to refer right and that's real life medicine and so that's very very important for the students to learn early on it was one of those ahas for me you know in the 80s when do you send it away mm -hmm. you know and, and early on I was you know oh my god I, I'm not competent to do this I'm not competent to do that and I'd be handling a person with heart failure, for example, uh, and uh, I, I'd send them away, and then they would die at the, f <laughs> at the referral center. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, I did that three times in different situations. And it's not to say that they, they didn't do right. It's just that I was monitoring that patient uh, micro intensely. minute intensely you know right. I, uh, and so we we had them and they were balanced and they were stable and then you send it off to a, a, a referral hospital where there's residents and every resident had a different idea and there was a different attending and then they would be adding this and subtracting that and suddenly the patient fails <laughs> Wouldn't you say that, that we could give a little credit to Dr. Scotty Roberts as far as keeping people around? Trying to keep people here in Brookings. I mean, yeah. we had the first ICU, the first CCU in the state of South Dakota because of Scotty. Uh, and he was He not recognized that need, that mm -hmm. they should stay local if they can. Yeah. yeah. Now, and there's a time when you send people away. If there's a heart attack that's happening and you can intervene and interrupt the process, uh, there's a time. 
Absolutely. But um, there's many a time times you're better off just staying. He was mad local. at me a, a lot early on because <laughs> I started referring people with the, these acute heart things that could be intervened upon, and he was looking at having an uh, ICU in Brookings, and we could do it here. Right, <laughs> but he realized. You I two came together I think on eventually it. Oh, yeah. over time. You know, he and I got. I mean, I I loved him. He was a wonderful man. He, he was well loved in Brookings. Mm -hmm. yeah. He truly was. Well, we're due to take our final break. We appreciate you listening today, and uh, we'll be back right after these words. Car safety is very important. The Avera Medical Group Brookings reminds you to buckle your children in the middle of the back seat when possible because it's the safest spot in the vehicle. Remember that airbags can kill young children riding in the front seat. Never place a rear-facing car seat in the front where there is an airbag. Remember to buckle your children in car seats, booster seats, or seat belts with every trip, no matter how short. And set a good example and help protect anyone in the car by always using your seatbelt. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here, and I'm so pleased to have both Dr. Holm and his lovely wife, Joni Holm, here discussing medicine, a lot of different aspects of medicine, rural medicine, whatever can be done to keep you healthy. And tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television, Dr. Holm is going to talk about not just being healthy, but being treated kindly. Yes, and you know, let's put it this way. Um, if you've got influenza, uh, don't go to the doctor. <laughs> The Stay doctor home. doesn't want your flu. Right? Chicken noodle soup. Don't don't get the crud. Uh, don't give it away. I think that's a kindly thing to do. Uh, if you are sick as all get out, I think you need to come in. But um, there's a time when you can feel it coming. And you know, you I'm going to toss this in. I hadn't yeah. thought about it till right now. We're talking about the doctors learning kindness. But what about the patients being kind? I think there are times when... They could be kinder? Yeah. So just, I they're mean, when sick. you're sick, you don't feel good, but there, there's um, courtesy. And people are working um, hard to help you. So keep that in mind. Let's, let's spread kindness to everyone. Yeah. I, um, I've never expected kindness from my patients. They're sick. I, I, I don't demand. I well, don't. you don't demand. How about it. the schedulers and how about the nurses? I think they can show kindness. I'm I, I, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Yeah. Keep com kindness, kindness in, the, all in your mind. Yes. Thing, right. Well, right. I mean, people could be kinder to each other right across the board. Sure. That's what I mean. Be kind in the grocery line. Be yeah. kind wherever you go. Do you ever find when you get in the grocery line and someone you have a big cart full and someone behind you has two things? Mm -hmm. You just let them let go. go. Let them go. Please. That's an act of kindness. Yes. Yeah. Rick, you don't shop that much. Tony and I know what I we're talking I about. I like to shop. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, I talked to a guy the other day. He said when I was in the line, she she ran out of money. She needed an the extra. in front of her? Yeah. yeah. He needs, she needed an extra $15 to fill out her cart, so she was starting to. Take things out? Take things oh. out. He said, I'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, Just let it go. Like, right. That's showing kindness. So, so Thursday night, seven o'clock, South Dakota Public TV. Tune in and learn about. It'll be live. Kindness in medicine. Okay. So I challenge you out there. Think of a kindness question. 
so we can get to it and uh, and watch the show tomorrow watch night. Watch the right? show tomorrow night. Okay. Well, all of you would truly hope that you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program for today, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on both Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit us at www.prairiedoc.org. My thanks to Joni Holm for joining us today, and thank you, Rick. That's all till next week. Thank you, Joni. Thank you, Joni. And uh, uh, get your um, flu shot. Get your flu shot and exercise every day. You, you got to get out there. Just bundle up and get out there. So stay healthy out there, people. Mm-hmm.